Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? He answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then he will stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. He will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, We ate and drank in your company, and you taught in our streets. Then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, you all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out, and, the, and people will come from the east and the west, and from the north and the south, and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. For behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. These words from our gospel, I can remember oftentimes in seminary whenever someone would button in, you know, the cafeteria line that they would sometimes quote this as a bit of a joke. But even still, this, these lines are rather sometimes cryptic to us. What is the Lord trying to say? And obviously it has to do with everything that he says before this. But I think this gospel has to be contextualized in order to properly understand these lines, these words. We have to come to understand who Jesus is speaking to in these lines to better understand what, he may, what it may mean for us today as Catholics. And as Jesus, it says that he's passing through towns and villages on his way to Jerusalem. So the people he is addressing at this time as he leaves Galilee towards Jerusalem are these people of Israel themselves the Jewish people, the chosen ones. And so when the Lord says, those who are last will be first and the first shall be last, he is telling them and warning them that just because they are the chosen people, just because God made a covenant with their ancestors, does not guarantee them salvation, does not guarantee that their place is secure in the kingdom. And in fact, he even makes the point shortly before making this line that, and you will see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves cast out. People will come from the east and the west, the north and the south. He's telling them that the gospel is now opening to all nations, a particularly poignant point in, gospel, in the gospel of Luke. He again and again wants to show that the gospel opens to every nation, every tribe, every tongue. But then he's also using that opportunity to make clear to them that they cannot just trust that they're secure, that they're already there, but instead he wants to point out to them that they too need to strive to enter the gate. It will not be necessarily any easier for them than it will be for the people who come from outside the Jewish religion. And I think this is an important point for us as well as Catholics today. I think oftentimes I have the experience as a cradle Catholic and as a priest who's often involved in the RCA process to recognize in those converts to Catholicism a sort of fervor and a new way of looking at it and a sort of appreciation that I, as someone who's just always kind of been in the pew, never have. That they see it in such a way in their own life as such a fire for the gospel, for the faith, for the sacraments, and especially for the Eucharist. 
that oftentimes I'm kind of a little ashamed of my lack of faith. They're so excited about it, and I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. I think this is a reminder to those of us who sit in the pew that we too need to strive to enter through the narrow gate. Life, as a Christian, is not any more assured of our salvation than those who have never heard the gospel. We need to strive in order to live lives worthy of the call that has been given to us, the gift that has been bestowed upon us as baptized Christians. Whenever we were brought into the church in baptism, given the gift of the Holy Spirit in confirmation, and replenished the first time with the gift of the Eucharist, and then again and again, we are reminded that the faith we have received, the faith that is so strong here in Shelby County, is that a gift? That we who have been entrusted with much, the faith is strong. But at the same time, our faith must deepen. It is not enough to simply skate by, to say Mass is enough. More is needed. To whom much is given, to whom much is given, much will be expected. Other lines from our Lord and the Gospel of Luke. It is for us to trust in the Lord's providence that yes, he has given us a great gift and be baptized in the faith, to sit in these pews, to be entrusted with his gospel. But it must go out. This has been the great message of Paul VI, John Paul II, Benedict XVI, and Pope Francis. The faith must be shared. And of course, it's not always with words, although, although St. Francis never said, you know, preach the gospel always and use words when necessary. He never actually said that. But yet our lives need to testify by this very example that Jesus Christ is real, that Jesus Christ is God. This most central truth is ultimately what our faith is founded on. Jesus is just not some guy. He's not just our friend. He is that. He's not even just some prophet. He is God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is everything. And ultimately, Christianity is not a checking off of boxes. Do I go to, go to Mass? Check. Do I do this? Check. Christianity, as Pope Benedict XVI started off as pontific by saying, Christianity is not an ethical system, but instead it is a person, Jesus Christ. And for us, it is a friendship with him. That is what Christianity is. That is what our Catholic faith is at its core. And of course, the truest way in which we have friendship with Jesus Christ is found in that tabernacle right there. Jesus Christ still dwelling among us, true God, true man, body, blood, soul, and divinity. The same Jesus Christ who speaks to the Jewish people in this gospel today speaks to you from that tabernacle, speaks to you from the altar after the priest says the words of consecration. Jesus Christ is truly present in his church through his sacraments. And we who have been given much, and we will say the greatest of gifts in the Eucharist, it is incumbent upon us, responsibility of us, to share that faith with others. I always have to check myself, always, day in and day out. At the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, I always try to ask myself, do I think I'm there? Or in another way, do I think I'm good enough? Because if I say yes to that question, I am ultimately 
giving in to pride. We are never truly there. We can never truly be say that this is where I'm supposed to be. Yes, where you're at this current moment is where you're supposed to be. But I can never truly say that that's where I'm supposed to stay for the rest of my life. I have to take one step after another, little by little, progressing towards heaven, progressing ever more fully into salvation and becoming the saint that God is calling me to be. That is what it is for each of us. If we believe we've reached perfection, we have truly fallen short. Because the faith, becoming a Christian, following Christ, means day in, day out, just as he's journeying towards Jerusalem, we journey towards our heavenly Jerusalem in heaven. And that involves great difficulty. But that is not something to demur us, to cause us to despair or discourage us. But instead, as St. Paul tells us in, the second le- in his letter to the Hebrews today, that God chastises those he loves. Like a loving parent who knows that a child has to be corrected in order to become the human being, the man or woman that God's calling them to be, so too God gives us our trials as gifts. Gifts to teach us to love unselfishly, to teach us to sacrifice, to teach us to love without counting the cost. That is what the Lord gives us those gifts for, those gifts of trials in our lives. So, what does this all mean? What is the important aspect of some where last will be first and some where first will be last? It's a reminder that we can never take the gift of faith for granted. We can never take Jesus Christ for granted. We can never take the sacraments for granted. They are gifts. They are gifts which have been bestowed generously upon us. And they are gifts that have to be bestowed upon us again and again. We have to receive with thankful hearts again and again. Faith and friendship with Jesus Christ is a journey. And step by step, we journey with him towards Jerusalem, that is, our heavenly homeland.